Hi, welcome back, Hi TV. Today we'll be talking about Barbecue Becky's petty little sister, Permanent Patty, a cannabis CEO and a woman girl affiliate who called the cops on an eight-year-old little girl, shaking my head. And more importantly, we'll celebrate our cousin up north, twice removed, who legalized cannabis this week. This is Cannabis News Now. Stay tuned. All right, folks, first question is, who is Permit Patty? Her name is Allison Nattel, CEO of Treatwell, a cannabis company that makes products for animals and people. Now, this all started about Saturday when Insta user Lady So Wavy was supervising her eight-year-old cousin, who at the time was selling water bottles on the street on a hot, sunny afternoon. It's harmless, right? What's the difference between, you know, a minority child selling some water on the street on a hot summer day and let's say a Caucasian child selling lemonade on a hot summer day in the suburbs. Not much different there. But anyway, Permit Patty, a.k.a. Allison, took responsibility in her own hands and called the cops because she said this girl had no permit. Now, I'll give up the video, but the video is on viral, and we'll play it for you right about... So you heard it there, folks, right? Quite simple. The girl was selling some water. The cousin walked up and said, this little woman is literally calling the cops. And she confidently said, yeah, you're selling water without a permit. I mean, how petty do you have to be, you know, in order to call the cops on an eight-year-old girl? I mean, this speaks towards a much, much larger issue. You know, it's, it's really about how the danger of People really using and weaponizing the police. You weaponize the police, you call them for a petty reason, and next thing you know, somebody ends up losing a family member. I mean, that didn't happen in this story, thank God, but it's always a possibility in cases like these, right? But more so on a lighter note, remember, the internet is undefeated, okay? They have, the internet has never lost. Never have ever taken the L. So remember that cannabis company we told you that she was the CEO of? Well, it turns out she operates without a permit <laughs> you mean to tell me this woman called and had the audacity to call the cops on a little girl eight years old who didn't have a permit to sell water but she operates a cannabis business without a license hmm i mean maybe that's a guilty conscience coming out maybe it's a freudian slip you don't know what it is but you can't make this stuff up folks <laughs> you don't have a permit on your own business but you're calling one a cops on another little girl Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, since she went viral, Woman Grow has since distanced and scolded her for her racist, insensitive actions. So she is now a former member of Woman Grow, a company and a collective of women trying to help women who want to go into the cannabis industry. Now, this is even a larger issue where, listen, folks, in 2018, if you make one bad move and go viral, that means you lose your job and you have to change your name. And even then, you're not even safe. I mean, look at Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony changed her name, moved, and even colored her hair blonde. But she was found. She was found. She was ridiculed on social media in real life. And I think she ended up taking her life. You know, RIP. But 
it's just the world we live in now. You have to be on your P's and Q's and on your best behavior at all times. You know, and at least injustices like these that kind of went I went past without any, you know, repercussions can now see something adequate. You know, if this person now loses their job and other people see that this is the consequence of being a racist in America and treating others unfairly, the positive it the positive is other individuals will then now act accordingly. So Allison Natel, you are today's brick of the day. We'll get into that more later on the next episode. But anyway, we're going to move on to celebrate our family, our cousin, twice removed from Canada. I mean, Canada is famous and home to big names like Drake, Bieber, Rogan, and now Legal Weed. Time to celebrate, folks. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, yes, our fanled, shirted, super respectful cousin up north that always has all the Canadian bacon and maple syrup decided to legalize cannabis federally. In fact, Canada is only the second nation in the world to do so. Their prime minister, the young Justin Theradeau or Theradeau, aims to take money away and take the money and power, excuse me, away from criminals and put it in the hands of the people. Uh, in fact, he decided to follow in the footsteps, I don't know why, American President Donald Trump and take to Twitter for his nearsay. How do you feel about leaders of countries talking on Twitter and releasing politics on the Internet? Maybe this is a new normal, you know? Anyway, so Justin Theradeau says it's been too easy for our kids to get marijuana and for criminals to reap profits. Today, we change that. Our plan is to legalize and regulate marijuana just past the Senate. So now it seems that on October 17th, it was thought that in July or August, they will fully legalize cannabis and start to issue licenses and start to do everything in the summer. But instead, they're going to take a bit more extra time in fine tuning the wordings of the laws and making sure everything's according. And you will see things start to roll in October 17th. Now, this is a godsend for a lot of cannabis companies here in America. Reason being, you have companies like MedMen, you have companies like uh, Canopy Grow and companies like uh, GW Farm, so all non-American cannabis have stocks open in Canada. And the reason why they do that is because obviously Canada is eventually going to legalize. They're very lax when it comes to cannabis. Um, and they have a lot of tax incentives that you would get if you're a corporation legally here in the States that they offer in Canada. So it just makes sense for them to do that. And um, what does that mean for the market overall? So I think that means Canada now who will issue less of an American style, you know, opening of cannabis, meaning that Canada's already written laws saying, listen, we don't want any celebrities on any of the packaging. We didn't want the packaging to look pretty. All right. Where if you were to imagine a American cannabis fashion show, the fashion show is full with all the flyest designs on all the best looking models. Right. Canada decides we're going to legalize weed. We're going to make our models look as normal as possible and have no type of designs. They might as well be wearing a potato sack on their bodies. Now, I say that to mention Canada doesn't want any reflective aluminum foil on their packaging. They don't want any celebrity affiliation with any companies. They don't want anything to be attractive to kids whatsoever. I mean, Canada realizes that this is a medicine for most people, and they decide to kind of take it the route of an in-between of a medicine that's very professional, no frills, you know, no extra gimmicks, and go and be straightforward with the people. So 
don't expect the flashiest, you know, cannabis products to be issued out in Canada. This is not how it's going to go down. But what I can tell you is going to happen is you're going to see Americans, investors, more importantly, watch keenly what happens to these new businesses underneath federal federalization. I guarantee you uh, the United States cannabis companies are looking to Canada and saying, what are they going to do now? How are they going to end up in the future? And what more importantly, are there facts and figures? All the stats from day one to day 365. And that will determine which investors get anxious, get happy, and wants to make it rain all over other cannabis companies. So they're our trial period, all right? They're like the time when you get an antivirus on your computer and you only get to try for a certain amount of days. That's what Canada is now. They're just trying it out. And chances are America wants to learn from Canada's mistakes and then make the actions necessary to avoid them. So by the time you decide to buy that antivirus, you know exactly what you're getting and you're ready for the long haul. So only time will tell to see how this will end up. You know, I predict personally that we're going to see a lot of uh, companies start to grow in, in Canada due to the land being a bit cheaper and exporting down to uh, the United States once the laws get lax. And if and can they do that for medical reasons, they can. But for recreational, they can't. So we'll see, folks, you know, will Canada surpass the United States? They won't. I don't think they will. There's no chance possible. I mean, California is what the eighth largest economy in the world. So for that top 10 economy to be involved in an already multi-billion dollar industry in cannabis is going to be hard to compete with. And we already said Canada's not trying to be pretty with any of the products that they have. I mean, the product is a gray bag. I mean, it has like a cigarette box style warning that says, you know, this is safe for pregnant women, yada, yada, yada. And your logo can't be bigger than that warning. So anyway, folks, this has been Cannabis News Now. Hope you guys enjoyed. I had fun. Remember, it's 2018. All right. One bad move can change everything, especially if it goes viral. And if you're in Canada, light up, enjoy yourself and enjoy October 17th. We know it's going to be a big party. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hip International and IGTV. Ah, welcome back to High TV, folks. As you know, we give you guys everything cannabis. So if you guys follow us on Instagram, you know, you'll see some comments where people ask us deliberately, you know, how can I get into the industry? Where are the cannabis jobs? You're telling us that there's jobs available. It's probably the fastest growing job sector in the country right now. Where are they? And a lot of people are asking how to even start a cannabis company. Because for some people that don't live in illegal states, they don't know how to do it, right? And most people, when they think of Starting a cannabis business, business it's all about starting a dispensary, starting a little shop, you know? Why, why can't I make my 7-Eleven a cannabis? But I'm here to let you know there's much more opportunities than that, right? They're ancillary businesses. So an ancillary business is one in which doesn't touch the plant and facilitates cannabis 
to thrive, right? So a lot of people think that, you know, I can go from rags to riches by starting a dispensary. But we have a story where a guy did that but didn't do it in the way you're thinking. Not by starting a dispensary, but by starting an ancillary business. So what this guy ended up doing was he was a butt tender. And he decided, you know what, if I love cannabis, I want to be a butt tender. And butt tenders are those people who assist individuals that walk the dispensary, don't know what the hell they want, and they have all the info and the 411 on what's good weed, what's bad weed, what do you need for your for, for your ailment? Do you want it for pain? Do you want it for sleep? Or do you just want to laugh and have a good time with friends? They know and they provide. So with that being said, he decided, all right, I know I'm helping the industry and I'm enjoying what I'm doing, but I want to do more. I want to do much more for the industry. I want to help out and be a part of this growing green rush, if you will. So what this guy did, I think his name was Ryan. I'm sorry if I don't get the information right, but I listened to a podcast on investing in cannabis. And there they were talking about this company called Green Screens. Yeah, I know. Not the thing that, you know, weather men and weather women use to tell us the Doppler radar or whatever. But the Green Screens is a company that gives... Free TVs, yes, F-R-E-E, that spells free, TVs to dispensaries in order to provide advertising for brands. Now, if you don't know, advertising in the cannabis space is extremely, extremely difficult. I mean, listen, I, I challenge you guys, if you're listening, go on Facebook, go on Instagram, try to post your cannabis ad. I guarantee you Facebook's going to shut it down automatically. They have like some type of photo algorithm where they know what's in the picture and they're just going to ban it. I don't know. Hey. It is what it is, but the point is, it's a huge dilemma for cannabis industry. If you want to start a cannabis company and be successful, you have to be able to market and advertise your stuff. How else will customers know about you? So he, this guy understood that and said, I'm going to provide TVs, give them to dispensaries, not for people just to watch whatever they want, but rather to give them brands advertising and to give them an uh, outlet for individuals to show them what are the deals happening at the dispensary to show you what's on sale at the dispensary to show you what brands are new and what is being sold here so the whole idea is when you go to like walmart you go to any store you know you, have, you always know that there's always like magazines and candy bars right by the checkout the reason being is they know that those are called impulse buys and impulse buys is what this guy green screen and his company is betting on so we're telling you all that to say that ancillary businesses can be the way that you join the cannabis industry, where you might not be even growing the plant or touching the plant or selling the plant, but you're helping the companies that do. So remember, if you want to join the cannabis industry, you can start a, can uh, a dispensary, you can start a grow operation, and you can start an ancillary business as well. I mean, I even heard of a company called LeafLink that con that connects retailers to brands, right? There's over 2,000 brands that work with LeafLink, and there's over, what, 400, 500 dispensaries in the country that work with LeafLink. And what they do is basically be Hitch. Like in the movie Hitch with Will Smith, they provide them a way to connect each other. So listen, guys. The cannabis industry is wide open. I'll try my best to find some more information, provide information on Instagram, how and where you can find the jobs. I mean, that's one thing that they need is like a zip recruiter for cannabis jobs. I'm sure it exists, but it's not mainstream yet. So the first person to make mainstream cannabis jobs a thing, like call it green jobs, you got it, man. Or green list, like Craigslist. That probably already exists, but again, because marketing is a huge issue, we don't know about it. So shout out to the company Green Screens for being very suave. Is it suave? What's the word? The word for business being very... Sorry, folks. It's been a long day. It's Easter tomorrow. But shout out to Green Screens for being very intelligent and finding a little space there. LeafLink as well. You guys are doing amazing. I mean, they rose, what, $17 million in the last uh, two years. 
So they're doing the damn thing. So if you're an entrepreneur and you want to join the cannabis industry, remember, there's much more avenues than just a dispensary. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. This is High TV, presented by Heiko. Hi, before we let you guys go, we want to go over what are the top seven highest paying jobs in the cannabis industry. So first things first, you have the marijuana edible chef. Now, the the medical marijuana or just marijuana in general edible chef makes between $50,000 to $100,000 per year. Now, this includes them selling their edible products and their number can even increase past 100,000 if they're also doing cannabis catering, which is very, very popular now that cannabis is legal. I told you guys early on in this podcast that the social part of legal cannabis will probably be the most profitable. As you can see how the most profitable part of alcohol is alcohol in the social. So next up, we have marijuana sales representative, 60,000 plus commission per year so no sale representatives are people in the dispensaries who ring up your cannabis purchase instead they are the person who helps forge relationships between growers and stores they need to understand both the production and sales aspect of the industry number five we have dispensary store manager now they make about seventy five thousand dollars per year Running a dispensary is a little bit more complicated than other types of store managers. Not only are you have to run a day-to-day operation, but you also have to make sure you're following all of the state's obscure and vastly different and ever-changing updating cannabis laws or risk getting in trouble. This is where even another job that pops up that comes to mind is something like a compliance consultant. A compliance consultant's whole job is to make sure the cannabis business is following the guidelines of the state laws so basically a cannabis uh compliance consultant makes sure that they're updated in all the cannabis laws know what's the what's up always on top of things and can go into a cannabis business and say this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong so that by the time inspection randomly comes around you won't lose your cannabis license so moving on to number four we have cannabis extraction technician now they make upwards of seventy five thousand dollars a year to one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year while many states in america now allow medical marijuana some of them don't allow patients to consume flour now because the patients aren't allowed to consume flour they now resort to consuming concentrate where this business gets very very profitable so what they do is they turn for cannabis that are not allowed to be smokable in certain states and then they make it into concentrate these concentrates are put into edibles they're made into drinks or they just you know smoke by themselves and people say it's even healthier than consuming carcinogens because technically you're only just taking the oils in the first place right so extraction technicians are required to convert cannabis to oils other excuse me other forms to comply with state laws my grow masters make between eighty thousand and a hundred thousand dollars per year 
While hypothetically anyone with the proper lighting and hyphonics equipment could grow marijuana, it requires special training to understand how to mass produce cannabis and dispensaries. I'm telling you, keeping your profit you know, correctly growing the right plant, it's a science. And that's why marijuana master growers make upwards $80,000 to $100,000 per year. And trust me, it's way more. I mean, when you look at the numbers of master growers, they go way upwards of $300,000 a year to even upwards of millions, depending on how big your grow operation is. Anyway, so $200,000 per year. Many industry consultants are highly paid in order to offer advice to aspiring growers and dispensary owners on how to build businesses. And consultant, many people in the industry may not know the in and outs. So what we're basically saying here is people who want to get in the industry are going to pay big, big bucks to these consultants because chances are they have lots of money because, look, some cannabis licensing costs upwards of $65,000 with a no refund policy. So you have to have $65,000 available to even apply. So chances are, if you want to start your cannabis business, business, you need upwards of $100,000 of liquid cash and credit on hand. Very, very expensive. However, that's where cannabis consultants come in, come in mind. They come in, they let you know what the compliance are, they let you know what the ins and outs, what the laws are, how much this will cost, yada, yada, yada. And chances are they're already a cannabis owner or a successful cannabis business owner. And they're using the consultants as another way of revenue stream on their free time. I mean, it's just what's really going on in California. I mean, I'm hearing charges of upwards of $50 an hour. That's almost a uh, medium to a uh, decent lawyer fee. I mean, $50 an hour is it's pretty expensive, especially when you're working on something like building a business that can take hours on hours. Anyway, instead of stalling and leaving guys a little cliff, we have the number one highest paying job in the cannabis industry. The number one highest paying job. That goes to none other than dispensary CEO. They make upwards of $125,000 a year or more. Who would have thought that owning a store where people can buy marijuana could be so lucrative? Now, that's obviously sarcasm. And that's just to let you know that you aren't running a convenience store. This is not a 7-Eleven. This is not a gas station shop. You're in a dispensary where products are expensive upwards of $300. You know, what are you buying in a grocery store, a bodega that costs upwards of $300? Chances are nothing unless you're buying out all that they have in chip stock, right? So, of course, dispensary CEOs make the most money, but they're also the most difficult to keep open. You know, reason being is you have a lot of competition. Uh, you have, you know, a lot of things becoming antiquated fairly quickly in the industry. Like they're becoming obsolete because there's so much technological advancements from the seat to sale technologies and analytics. So other stores are able to use their financial resources to make sure that they're always going to be on top because it's big, too big to fail. You know, the smaller dispensary owners may make a lot of money. However, because of competition, they can't compete with these prices. I mean, we're even hearing in Oregon, people are selling cannabis at $4 a pound. I mean, a dollar a gram, excuse me. So that's, that's just to let you know that market trends are shifting depending to state to state, right? So you go to, you go to Oregon because they hand out uh, licensing for growing like it's paper. You know, you have so many growers open up in, in Oregon. However, they hold on to <laughs> they hold on to the cannabis dispensary licenses like it's gold or something like they don't want to give it out. Right. They hold it in. And, 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 and that leads towards 
a bunch of growers with not enough stores, so the stores have to compete with all this quality. Too much supply, not enough demand. But anyway, folks, that was the top seven highest paying cannabis jobs. If you enjoyed that, follow us on Instagram at Heaven International. Subscribe to us on podcasts, wherever you listen to, whether it be Google, Apple, Podcast FM, wherever. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. This is ITV. Oh, also be sure to follow us on Instagram. I mean, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And IGTV. IGTV is where we're going to be showing our visual portion of our content. That's going to be news updates, live version of this podcast. I mean, you name it, it's going to be there. Look out for everything, okay? If you're a loyal follower of High TV at Hemp International, I hope to see you there. Again, stay tuned and stay high, folks. Deuces. <laughs>